Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Brag on God. Um, today, I, I'm actually sitting outside, so if you guys hear the breeze, the birds, the squirrels, lion tigers and beers, oh my, <laughs> it's because I'm sitting outside. So hopefully it's not going to be too loud, but I figured I'm going to do this quick podcast because it was on my mind, it was on my heart, and I think... It might just be me that feels this way or thinks this way, but hopefully if there's anyone in this entire world that thinks or feels the same way or this can help anybody, I figured I would share it. So today I'm kind of putting myself on blast. I'm giving my confessions, my enlightenment, and again, hopefully it can help someone. So I'm titling this segment, Oh My Word. So... You guys will see what I'm talking about in just a minute. Now, I was I was raised in a loving household and I have aunts and you know who would call me sweetheart and still does it to this day. I have a mother and father who were who would communicate. I have a mom who always gave hugs. I have a dad who I can hug him. I'm a daddy's girl. So I came from an environment of love and affection. And but this is the problem. And I don't know if I'm the problem or maybe our world is the problem where we interpret things differently. But because we do live in a physical world and we're not in in heaven or in Eden, I've got to pay attention to, you know, when they say when in Rome, do as the Romans. So this might be one of those case cases while on earth, do as the humans. <laughs> so, OK, so this is my this is my thing. And I want to say we as women, but I'm going to speak for myself. Well, I'll speak for all maybe more than one, maybe more than just myself. Um, We as women, sometimes we say, you know, I want a good man. I want a Christian man. I want a God-fearing man. I want somebody who treats me like a queen, who treats me with respect. But then we have to ask ourselves, how do we start off the relationship? You know, how do we interact with them? And... I'll say this, this is really confusing to me, but I'm starting to get it. And granted, at this stage of my life, just now getting it, um, maybe it's because I didn't want to before. But I'll tell you something. Years ago, many, many years ago, um, a boy, and well, this is an ex-boyfriend now. This is over 30 years ago. But this gentleman mentioned to me, he said, you can't be so friendly to people. You know, if a woman is walking down the street and she smiles at a man, it's going to give him a different impression. Me, I'm just a friendly person. I love people. So it was kind of like I can't smile at people. I've got to walk past them and like mean mug them. He is like, no, you don't have to mean mug them, but you don't need to smile at people and greet them. And I'm like, I'm just saying hello. Negative. And so that's always been a thing. Like, I feel like if I'm passing by someone in the store or whatnot, you know, why should I just ignore them? And I still don't agree with that. But I will tell you, maybe I need to be more intentional with my hellos, um, more intentional with my words. 
Now, fast forward about 30 years. This was maybe about two weeks ago. No, maybe a month ago. Um, I went into the office where I work. So we come in at least once a week for meetings. And so I go into the office and I'm normally just kind of work out in the field. So I don't normally go into the office. So this was the first time that I'd gone into the office for a meeting. I hate to say it in about four or five years. And so a lot of the other agents there didn't know me or, you know, we've heard of each other's names, but this was the first time I was physically in an office where we could see each other face to face. Now, this office is made up of probably 90% males. And then I think myself and one other person, we were the only women there. Now, I come in and as you guys, well, I'm not going to say, but I come in and as a woman, I'm dressed in some, you know, business slacks, um, uh, I guess form fitting shirt. It wasn't, you know, it was just made out of whatever material. So it wasn't like tight. It wasn't that I was going to the club, but of course, you know, it was a shirt, um, wasn't showing any cleavage, but it did have a little V neck and I didn't have on a jacket. I mean, it's, South Florida weather. So anyway, so I come in and like the clothing that we wear, it's not like the Mormons. So not knocking the Mormons, but our clothing fits, fits. So you can kind of see somebody's body, whether they're overweight, whether they're, you know, curvy, whatever, you can see their body. So I didn't think anything of it. I just put on a regular outfit that I would wear to work that I thought was appropriate. And I put on some heels not um, stilettos. They were like maybe two inch heels, just regular heels. Um, Had my hair done because I'm not going to wake up and just go straight out in the world looking like how I woke up. As my dad would say, I was looking like somebody loved me. The issue is though, so I come into the office and all the men look like a Cheshire cat. They're just skinning and grinning from ear to ear. Everybody wants to come over and meet me. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I mean, I might be exaggerating. It's not like they all crowded around me, but they did make, a, you know, of course, I'm introducing myself to those who didn't know me before. And it just seemed like, you, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's to me, it seemed like a kind of a meet and greet. And of course, you're going to be sociable. But anyway, so after we left the meeting, um, the gentleman that I do know pretty well, we walk outside and go downstairs to the parking lot. And he gives me a word of advice. He says, number one, don't call people sweetie. And he said, I noticed you called me that on the phone. And so he was basically telling me, don't call him sweetie on the phone because sometimes his wife could hear um, to me, I'm just like, okay, well, I respect that, whatever, you know, I think it was in my mind, I'm thinking it's kind of maybe a little insecure for the wife, but then I'm like, you know what, Melissa, respect people, and of course, I'm not going to do that again, but when he said I shouldn't do that in the office, that kind of caught me off guard, because I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you tell me what not to say? You know, and so I realized, (laughs) I will tell you, I was kind of low key in my feelings. I had a little attitude. My butt was on my shoulders. I was like, who is he to tell me how to address other people? If you and your wife have an issue, 
Okay, I'll respect that. But don't tell me, a whole grown woman, how to interact with other people. So anyway, I was like, whatever, you know. Um, It's a habit that I've been doing probably since childhood. And so I wasn't necessarily looking to break the habit. I'm still going to address people like that. I don't think people take offense to it. But maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it can be seen as flirtatious. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But anyway, this guy, he was relieved to find out that I wasn't just referring to him when I said sweetie. Um, He was like, oh, I see that you call everybody that. Yep, men, women, I call everybody sweetie, children. And so it just kind of showed me that, wow, if he interpreted it that way until he saw different, then I have to imagine that people can get a different impression. Anyway, so I said, okay, I'll be conscious of it. Now, fast forward another month. Here we are um, today. So here's my confession. I reached out. I said, I said to myself this year, I'm going to be open to dating. Okay. The reason why I haven't been open to dating is because I feel like a lot of times, unfortunately, I feel like as a Christian woman, when I want a man, I want, again, a God-fearing man. I want a man who's the leader. I want a man who's going to be the head of household. I want a man who I can respect. And so a lot of times I'll meet men and it seems like they're more into getting intimate, um, jumping into a relationship you know, jumping into somebody's bed, you know, having a hookup, whatever the case may be. But my heart is like, I want to get to know you. Let's start off with a foundation of a friendship. Let's see what your dreams and vision and goals are. Um, Get to know me, not just the exterior, but get to know what my heart is about. And so I don't feel like I've ever, I, I don't feel like I get that in an encounter with a man. And so it's annoying to me. And I will say that because to me, if I'm going to have a little shallow relationship, I'm long past that, that phase and that stage of my life. Um, so I don't see that in men. And I just kind of think that this world might be a little shallow today and everybody just wants instant gratification. So I kind of turned off from dating and just stayed focused on work and whatnot. And this year I decided, okay, I'm going to be open to dating. Surprise my friends, family. They're like, oh my gosh, we thought Melissa just like was going to become a nun next week. Nope, nothing. <laughs> I probably, I probably have thought about it though, truth be told. So anyway, Being intentional, which I like to be intentional, there's somebody that I have known for maybe 15, 20 years, probably closer to 20 years. Super wonderful man. Like, oh my gosh. And you know how you always have that one person that you say, you know what, that's the one that got away. So anyway, when we met, and of course, I'm not going to say any names. When we met many years ago, he was married. So of course, our relationship never went anywhere other than really friendship mode with a huge attraction like we both knew because the chemistry was there and so um, we knew we had boundaries and he was married so we never um, allowed the relationship to grow to anything but 
that friendship, that respect, that admiration, that attraction, that's there. I can't stop how I feel, but I can govern my actions. So anyway, we had remained friends for years. We didn't always communicate. I mean, years could go by. Then we ran into into each other another time and I was married. And so, of course, again, relationship didn't go anywhere. I don't remember if he was still married. I don't even remember if I asked. But again, relationship didn't go anywhere because I this time was in a in a commitment. Um, so now I've been divorced for many years and I'm ready to date. And I'm like, oh, instead of doing all these dating apps and meeting somebody brand new that maybe I might have a little trust issues or whatnot. Um, let me be intentional and reach out to him. And I did. And he responded. We had an amazing few days of talking, maybe about two. And then lo and behold, I asked the question because I was like, okay, if he has a girlfriend, I was really willing to stay friends. But if he was married, that was like hard line. No. And so after about two days of like us just talking and reminiscing and how much we feel like we were meant for each other, soulmates, you know, all this, ah, I asked the deathly question, are you married? And I knew from the last encounter, which was about four years ago, we were not, but he was dating somebody. So I figured, let me ask. And it took a little minute. So I thought that when I asked that question, my expectations was going to be, no, I'm not married, but I'm dating someone. And I was like, okay, maybe proceed with caution, friendship. We've always been friends. Anyway, when he finally responded via text, of course, we were texting. He said he just remarried last year. My heart... The Christian side of me was like, okay, okay, I can process that. The part of me that really opened up after years and said, I'm going to be intentional and go after the person that I've always loved, that part of me was crushed. I didn't say that to him. I stayed upbeat, um, but eventually, and he did call Um, he heard it in my voice and I honestly felt like I was going to cry. I felt like after all these years, you know, and the last time we spoke, he was dating somebody. So I kind of passed on that again. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, I let, let the opportunity pass me by anyway. So now I felt like here it is. I I let a chance get away and this is what happened. So that's how I was feeling. But the thing is, because we had just been talking and texting for two days about how much we felt like we should have been together, this, that, it was kind of hard to put on the emergency brakes. So it was kind of like a slow breaking And where I'm sharing with him um, how I feel that we should, you know, we need to respect the marriage, the vows, this, that, 
um, understood. He didn't make any statements that would have had me running for the hill saying, I'm going to leave my wife for you because I would have taken off in other direction. But so we keep talking, which I guess could have been a dangerous thing if we didn't establish boundaries. So we kept talking. Um, and initially I asked before I knew he was married, if we could, you know, it'd be great to see you. So I still wanted to see him, but we hadn't said anything for a few days. And then it was probably me. No, I think this time it might've been him. I don't know. I'm not going to put the blame on him. Let's say it was me. (sighs) I'm taking a deep breath because I'm like a little annoyed with myself. So I think it was him though, but I'm going to take the blame. I'm going to say it could have been me. Anyway, so we were still like, hey, it would still be great to see you. Okay, so we've established that we're going to be friends, um, whatever. This is still how I feel, but I'm going to respect your, you know, we're each going to respect where we are. And so out of the blue one evening, this is less than a week into us reconnecting. He says, "Um, hey, I'm actually in the area, had to stop by, do X, Y, Z. I'm in the area. Would you would it be would you like to see me? I was like, heck, yeah, Um, that's what. Like there's there's two voices inside of me, the one that said, heck, yeah, the other one that um, took a deep breath. And before it could catch its breath, um, I had already said, yeah, that would be great. Do you want to meet somewhere or you want to come over here? <sighs> so sometimes my mouth will write a check that my my spirit can't cash. Anyway, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, we'll just sit down and talk, you know, sit in the living room, whatever. It was late. It was late at night. It was probably about seven, eight o'clock. So it was a little dark. It was dark out. I don't necessarily want to go to a restaurant and, you know, like, hey, we really don't want to eat. Um, I don't eat after a certain hour. So it just kind of made sense for him to come over. Anyway, he did. And he was there lickety split. I was like, oh my gosh, he must have been at my front door. Anyway, he was there like in a blink of an eye. So he came in. Of course, I got a hug. Um, Came in, sat down. We talked, you know, the arm across each other. I'm rubbing his arm. I'm like, oh my gosh, God forgive me. I did not kiss him. Like turn my head like I cannot kiss a married man, right? But I'm rubbing his arm and like my the cells in me are like feeling like, oh, my gosh, this man. But even though I'm not saying I'm speaking my truth at times that, yeah, I do care about him. I do love him. And I've always been the person that I will tell friends that I love them because I never want, God forbid, something to happen to someone. And I never really told them um, that I care about them. But I do this for men and for women. So my conversation was still probably out there, um, but could be interpreted as a friend, could be interpreted as, listen, to my last breath, I'm going to love you, you know, but also still saying, hey, I'm going to respect where we are. But that can give mixed signals to someone who 
wants love, wants acceptance, wants appreciation. And guess what, guys? That's all of us. You know, so I guess it got a little sticky over the few days. And every now and then my physical would lurk its ugly head. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not going to say anything, but let this man ever be single. I am not letting this chance go again. And so that was my mind. Um, I did, however, say um, after he told me he was married, within a few hours of us talking, I did say, hey, if the chance ever comes again, I'm not letting it go. Um, But it wasn't said with the intention like, hey, leave your wife. Let's try this again. No, no, no. But anyway, so... That's my whole backstory. That's my confession. I'm not going to take you guys step by step. Just know I did not kiss him. Um, We stayed in the living room. He was a super gentleman. Um, But words were said that could have definitely could have been healing to his heart, to his hurt. And were my truth. But maybe some... and. Like, I didn't want another few years to go by and I wasn't truthful, you know, so I'm still at a catch 22. Maybe I should have been truthful. I feel like I should have been truthful, but eventually um, the following day, not that evening with him sitting right next to me, me rubbing on his arm, him rubbing on my arm, I did not have the heart the nerve, my spirit was weak. I did not have it in me to tell him. <sighs> um, these are the boundaries. We're not going to do this. I didn't. I, now, physically, I didn't. But um, I was like, I melted. I melted, like, honestly. And the thing is, I realized, okay, so that was that evening. The next day, I got up and I was so conflicted. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I love this man. And it's not like as a friend, but it's not as a friend. Like, honestly, if we ever had the chance to date, yeah, I I would like I could see marrying this man. Um, So that next morning I get up and I'm still thinking about him, caring about him, but I'm feeling so conflicted. By that afternoon, he called me and... I had to tell him, like, honestly, I can't, like, I keep having, I don't care what his wife may have done wrong or whatever, and I'm hearing one side of the story, not the other, but at the end of the day, she's a woman, she is a human, she has feelings, Um, if she hated him, she wouldn't call to make sure he's okay, Um, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be with him, well, maybe some people stay for the money, but It's not my place to judge, you know, it's not my place to decipher whether she deserves another woman on the outside trying to hang on to her husband under the the guise of being a friend, you know, and I'm just going to call a spade. I don't like that expression, call a spade a spade. I'm not going to say that because I think it came from a negative place. I don't actually remember where um, and it might be something racist. So I'm not going to use that expression, but I will say. If it walks like a 
um, side chick and talks like a side chick, it might be on the path to being a side chick. So I recognize my actions. And even though my heart just like genuinely loves this person, um, wants the best for him, that doesn't mean that it was me. And it doesn't mean that it's my place to heal his heart. So by the time we spoke the next day that afternoon, I had to tell him I've got to set hard boundaries because you know what? At the end of the day, I can't fathom hurting another person, even if I don't know her. It might be worse if I do know her. I definitely wouldn't hurt her. But I can't fathom hurting somebody else um, because, like, I just can't. Like, I would walk away. Even if it was my enemy, I would walk away um, before I would hurt the person. You know, so... I had to set boundaries, remove myself from the situation and just like, listen, we can be friends, but my conversation to you, I would say it the last time I love you, but you will not hear that again. Um, and just because I don't say it doesn't mean that I don't feel it, but it's as a friend, as a person. And so I had to make my, my truth clear and I had to stand up for what I believe and respect the people. And you can't respect somebody um, or say that you care about somebody's feelings, but then your actions are doing something that if everything came to light would do exactly the opposite of what you're saying that you want to do. I don't want to hurt this person, but yet I'm texting her husband, all kind of stuff. Again, nothing super, you know, but even... I will say this, even a text that says, I'm thinking of you, or a text at three in the morning that says, I'm thinking of you too. I don't care who started it. All of that is so super inappropriate. And so I was like, I really was trying to subconsciously right my wrong or rationalize my behavior saying, hey, I'm just being truthful. Hey, we are really just friends. But the reality is the impression that you give somebody, not always just your intention, but the impression, if you know it's coming across in a different way, then you've got to correct it. So Will I go into my office again and call the men, sweetie? Absolutely not. Um, will I talk to my friend? Um, yes. Will it be inappropriate things like um, three o'clock after hours, um, several times a day, um, saying I'm thinking of you? I love you, even though... It It's meant from me as a friend, but it's also meant like, dude, I will jump your bones if we were married, you know? <laughs> so I had to start being truthful to myself. And when I had a little minute just to sit with myself, not even God, I couldn't even bring God into my thoughts because my thoughts were a little swirly. I have to admit, you know, the hum the flesh was fighting with the spirit. The flesh was super slick and low key and it had an excuse for everything. It didn't even have to say a word. It was just like, you know what? I'm going to let her let her play herself out. 
So my flesh didn't even have to really jump in and do anything. I was already just like, I, I was, my heart was spinning out of control, my emotions. So, you know, my spirit had to, like, I had to shut my flesh out, shut my emotions out and just like really tell myself, Melissa. And then it got to a point that I was like, I don't want to tell him because I don't want to hurt him now. So I'm supposed to go through the next month, um, year, not telling him the boundaries because I don't want to hurt him. No, then that's still passive, passively cheating or something. So anyway, I was like, you know what? I can share it with him, but in a respectful way. There is going to be a certain amount of hurt, but I have to be the person that I can be proud of. And once I got back to that person and I had the hard conversation with him and it all just came flowing out like water, like da 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 da, I can't this, I can't that, da 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 da, your wife, you, ha, it just came. He was like, Melissa, I understand. And he's like, I feel the same way, you know, and I guess we just neither one wanted to say it. But once I started saying it, it just poured out. And I'm so grateful that he understood and respected what I was saying. Um, And I know I just have to I have to be the person that I'm proud of. And so did I have a few days of true weakness, although I didn't act on it. I don't think it makes it. Well, it could be worse. Yeah, if I did act on it, um, which I didn't. But I still see wrong is wrong. You know, my words were wrong. Um, And I was justifying it that I'm just speaking my truth. So anyway, so that was said and done. And I just want to kind of like now that I've spilled all the beans. (laughs) Um, I just want to kind of say to to everybody, I don't know if I'm the only one in the world. Maybe not, because if I was the only one, then I would be the only one who almost became the side chick or almost um, was the partner in crime with somebody possibly cheating on their spouse. But people cheat all the time. So I'm, I know I'm not the only one. But what I will say to people is and I feel much better oh my gosh like I feel like I almost put a distance between God and myself and that I you know and I told him I was like nothing and no one can come between God and myself you know, and it was a hard conversation to have, but I felt better and I know who he is. And so he received it well, of course, his physical and his longing and whatever hurt he's going through, of course, wants somebody who's going to be there for him and be compassionate and empathetic. But that's not my role. That's not my place. So I want to say to everybody, and I'm just going to kind of like recap how we what seems to us as an innocent thing, just calling somebody sweetie, um, saying I love you because you want to give people their roses while they're alive. All these things that we can rationalize, it's not always how our heart means it to come out and saying, oh, I just want to be nice to people. Um, I want to greet people as I'm passing by. 
we have to think of how it's received. And that is very important. And if it could be received a little differently, then maybe we need to course correct. And so even today, as I was sitting down, another friend texted me and he said, like, I've made it clear with him that we're not dating X, Y, Z. And he texted me and he said, hey, friend. And I was like, you know what? Friend is a good replacement instead of sweetie. But I was like, you know what? That is so much clearer. So it just kind of gave me that aha moment that instead of using a word that I'm comfortable with, how about find a word or an action that can be clear and intentional? So... It it was a big, it was honestly, I have to say it was a big aha moment and I feel much better that I honored his wife. If I claim to be his friend, I truly honored him by not being an accomplice, by not doing something that I know would kind of help him go down the wrong path and I consider myself a role model to my children and I think that the person that I strive to be needs to be somebody that my kids would be would always be proud of not just the person that they see that I want to show them but the private person that they would never see I want that person to be, I want them to both be the same as much as possible, you know. Um, And most importantly, I feel like I wasn't on shaky ground with God. There were times I was like, over these last few days, I was like, you know, like if you're holding on, if you're hanging over a cliff and somebody's holding your hand and you're like, okay, just, just hold on to the pinky. Um, cause I'm about to stretch a little further. Like I still wanted to stay connected to God, but then I was trying to make excuses like, okay, God, I'll be right back. Like, let me just step over here for a minute. Then I'll be right back. No. So I feel like I was playing games. I was I was rationalizing too much. I was um I was walking a, t- a thin line. And at the end of the day, we can't do that. You know, the Bible says let your yay be nay. Um and I had to I tell you I feel like I was tested and I feel like I was deceiving myself. I was finding a million and one ways to rationalize my behavior, my words, you know. And finally, I was like, no, I can't. I just can't. And I feel so much better. And I had to be willing to, to a certain extent, hurt his feelings, but with the truth, the real truth. Um, and now I can still be there for him as a genuine friend, you know, and so now that I'm back connected with God, like back in God's arms, 
I don't have any hesitation of how I will address him because I've put it out in the open and I've set, I've clearly established boundaries. Like you will not come over to my house. We will not be texting um, at inappropriate hours. Our text conversation will be straight up so that if your wife ever saw it, she will see something that she would have no questions or concerns about. So I set the boundaries and I feel so much better. Um, now I feel like I can be the clear person that I am proud of. And instead of trying to heal his, his heart, the most powerful thing that I can do for him as a friend is help him be a strong man, which means if I want to set, if I want to help him, heal him, offer comfort, I need to do that through praying for him. And then the way that I speak to him has to be some of those little words like sweetie has to be out. The I love you. I made it clear one last time. I love you as a friend. I would love you as a person. If that opportunity ever was there, um, I would have taken advantage of it. It's not even going to be a thought now, but you will always be somebody. You will always have a special place in my heart. And so I made it clear, I spoke my truth, but I drew a clear boundary. Um, and so now when I speak with him, I don't feel the need that I have to respond with a, I'm thinking of you too, out of obligation. If he says it, I can respectfully check him um, where I don't hurt his ego and I encourage his strength. And that is my commitment to myself and to him is that I will speak strength into him. I will speak strength into um, the commitment and the vows that he has. Um, so I, I feel like I won a battle <laughs> that I didn't even know I was about to get into. Um, but I feel like I, I made the right choice. And it was hard, I will tell you. When he told me he was married, I cried. Um, I've had a few days to process it and to choose which one I was going to honor, either my own heart or the vows that he's made to someone and God. And I have to say that even though it was a week of <laughs> back and forth and back and forth and I feel like, not I feel like, I know I made the right choice. And it comes from, it comes from making a decision that we're going to serve God. And then being clear about it, being committed to it, setting boundaries, making sure our actions don't cross any boundaries, making sure there's no ambiguity ambiguity I think I'm trying to pronounce the word right um basically no mixed signals that I'm giving or that the person could receive and then you know going moving forward in your truth because when you're super truthful then you can back up everything that you're saying so if I say hey um, if he says, hey, I'm thinking of you, I can back it up with checking him. But he's going to know because I've already spoken my truth. And, you know, it may be a little um, kind of hesitancy on his part. I do. It's only been not even a day. 
Um, but I have seen um, him kind of back up a little bit, which I think is good. And but I think he's still to a certain point going to say stuff. And that's my place to kind of check him with love. But, you know, like not be nasty about it, but um, just kind of empower him because he's a strong man. He can handle and deal with what he needs to do in the respectful way that he sees himself, you know, and the man that he wants to be and the man that he sees you know, that he was raised to be. So I'm going to be that support to hold him accountable for all of that. Although it's not my job, it's not my responsibility. And if I only talk to him maybe once a month, that's going to be fine. If I talk to him on Christmas, on a a birthday, that's fine as well. Um, But I feel good. Like I, you know, it was the hardest thing. Every time I think about it, I'm like, that was so hard. Um, but I can't, that's my emotions again saying, oh my gosh. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. I have won this battle. It's a done deal. Um, I have this saying that I always say, if you don't want to get burned, stay away from the fire. So I've set the boundaries. I'm not getting close to the fire. Um, and this episode is, you know, sometimes when we're going through things, a scripture will come and it's, you know, the one that says, let your yay be yay, let your nay be nay. We can't be double-minded. We can't be um, speaking out to both sides of our mouth. Um, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And this morning, as I was just kind of sitting down out here enjoying nature, that came to me like, Melissa, you've got to be careful of what you say. Like, I don't mean, and none of what I was saying was with any ill intentions or any malice, but on the giving part, but on the receiving part, my words could have wrecked havoc in a relationship. You know, so I really had to say, you know what, this is what the word says. I can't be double-minded. This is what I have to operate on. And if I never spoke to him again, so be it. But I'm not going to let go of God's hands because I want to reach so far into the fire. I'm not doing it. So anyway, guys, um, that's my confession. Lord, I try to do these episodes and not put my personal stuff on blast, but I always say that I'm going to be transparent um, because hopefully the stuff that I go through um, can help someone else or, you know, maybe somebody says, hey, I've never gone through that. I've never had an issue with my my physical and my my flesh and my spirit. And hey, if that's you, they probably... um, you probably had your, they probably had a home going service for you and you're back in heaven with your wings and all of that. But for the rest of us here on earth, I'm pretty sure we all battle with that. So hopefully this episode has helped and you all pray for me. Um, you know, I'm still living, so I'm still going to have some tests and trials and whatnot. Um, but the word always get the, the Bible always gives us a word. So I'm titling this one. Oh my word. That means I'm going to watch the words that I say and I'm going to fall back onto the Bible anytime I feel like I'm letting go of God's hands 
and stretching too far into the fire. Um, not an option. So anyway, guys, you all go out. Have a wonderful day. I hope this has been a blessing. I always say lead with love. Don't call anybody sweetie unless it's your spouse or your children um, or the intention and the reception of it is going to be received appropriately. I've learned that. I'm good with it. <laughs> okay. So you guys have a wonderful day and thanks for listening. Take care.